This is bad. This is bad. You should leave now. Wait, don't come back. Don't leave. I love you so much. Come back. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome to Wine, Wine, and Once. A Once Upon a Time podcast. Yeah. Woo. Uh, every week we are going to be watching an episode of Once, mm -hmm. drinking, it says wine, um, caveat, it's probably not going to be wine. We record on Wednesdays and wine is for weekends, but. <laughs> true. That is very true. But we will be, you know, it's not as alliterative to say, you know. It's not. Adult pint, beverage. Adult beverage. Water. So, yeah. So we will be watching an episode of Once, drinking wine, wine. or some some adult beverage and uh whining a lot uh -huh. either yeah. about the show or life we're most of the show mostly yeah and yeah that's that's wine wine and once i'm d i'm low and we have we have been friends for 10 almost 10, 10 years almost, that's disgusting oh no oh no that's and disgusting no it's not good I don't like that. I'm going to take those words. I can't wait for our 10-year celebration where we force people to just watch an entire video of our friendship. Because that's going to happen. Like, I say this joke. is It's not a joke. It, this is going to happen. We once upon a time montage. Yes. Our friend, like, a, a video of our friendship. I want a montage, like, how Descendants gives you a montage showing you the thing you just watched five minutes before. Oh, absolutely. Like, I want the montage to end with our friends sitting down to watch the montage. <laughs> that, feels, that feels good. That feels right. But yeah, we have been friends since college. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the reasons we are friends is this little show right here, Once Upon a Time. Terrible reason to be friends with someone. It was the worst reason to have a friend. It's not great. But here we are. Here we are. We met and you started inviting me over to watch Once Upon yeah, a Time. I want, once Upon a Time, I used to host weekly parties on Sundays. Um, I would make a lot of food, have everyone over, and thought it would just be a nice little time to sit and watch the show. It was um, a great no, time. no, no, it was not. There was no sitting. It was not quiet. There was lots of standing on couches and screaming, mostly from Lo and I. Yeah, nobody else seemed to want to scream about the show. Yeah, see, I say I canceled the, the weekly watch parties. Really, people just stopped coming because they realized we forgot others were in the room if we were there watching it together. So we figured what better way than um, force you all to listen to us. <laughs> exactly. Now you get to hear the things that make us angry about this show because I here's the thing. There there are two things you have to know about us. Like just two. Yeah. Uh number one, this is a terrible show. I hate it. And I hate um, this show. I hate every second I watch it. And the second thing is I've never loved a show more in my life. This never. is my favorite show. <laughs> no, like when I when like we, we started watching this show when it came out, I don't think I have stopped. We have never stopped. We Finish the show. We'll start up in a mid-season somewhere. We'll pick a favorite episode. We'll forget that Neverland occurs. <laughs> Neverland. No, Neverland does not occur. I for, I refuse the Neverland no. arc. That's fair. Yeah. No, we've we watched every episode, I think, together. Mm -hmm. Pretty much. Um, except for the first season. We weren't doing watch parties. We weren't. Yeah, we didn't season. know each other as well then. But since then, we've watched the first season probably like four times together. Because that's the that's most true. frequent season that we will pick up and watch. That is true. And, um, but after that, we watched every episode together um, on mm -hmm. like Hulu or something. If we couldn't make a, a live showing. And then we just kind of never stopped. Which is not real great, but... No, no, it says a lot about our mental stability and where we are in life. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so th this is our podcast. Uh, so don't don't come here expecting us to, to talk about how great the show is or the consistencies in the plot or how they're building to something. No, no, no. No. That's not what we do here. No, no. Um, we will recognize what they do what well and right um and they do some stuff well they really especially do. in this first and second seasons oh good so show good and then we will recognize that perhaps there might be some flaws in the show 
Just a few thousand. Just a few. But I do have to, I have to, I have to put my foot down and recognize my favorite hour of television I think I've ever, ever watched, including all of the shows that have been true favorites and that I think are so well put together. My favorite hour of television is the Cruella DeVille episode. My God. It is, I think it's perfect. Truly one of the best episodes of this show. Uh, of any, any show. show. Really? It's so good. It's so, so good. Yeah. Do you have a favorite episode? I think, I always get the name. I think, it's sh- is it Shattered Glass? Is that the name of the episode? Yeah, the, the one. It, yeah, it's in the Frozen arc, which isn't even my favorite arc, but everyone becomes the worst version of themselves, and it's beautiful. It's, delight- it's delightful. It's, I have no notes on that episode. They can do whatever they want. With that, it's perfect. Flawless. That is fair. That's fair. Um, all right. Well, should we? Yeah. What are we doing in this podcast? Let's. You're asking me rhetorically. <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, I'm asking because I don't know what we're doing ever. <laughs> That's fair. Like, that, that runs with the assumption that we have plans in life. So like we said, we're going to rewatch our episodes, but we also have a couple of things that um, we would like to start, you know, paying attention to. Um. I would really, really like to build up a full and complete family tree. I'm going to hate this family tree so much immediately. Like by episode four, I'm going to hate this monstrosity. I can't wait. It's so it, it's going it. to be so tangled. It's so um, incestuous. I don't think the writers actively sat there and thought like, ah, oh, yes, this. I no. I think they just had a dartboard of characters they would just throw and be like, all right, that's the, that's the child now. These two yeah, are and a roulette wheel for plot points. Yes. <laughs> it was just a casino in the writer's room. <laughs> Sounds like a great time. Listen. Um, yeah, so we I would like to build up our very tangled uh, family tree and then um, to go along with our little tangled, uh, you know, plant family tree, we also... Would like to um yeah uh-huh. keep track of our romances um which I'm trying to find a way of saying it politely but um no it it's the fuck fern no no just <laughs> say we, we there is no polite yeah there is no polite way to say <gasps> we this decided <laughs> to call it the fuck fern right so that's just our way of keeping track of the romances and any um moments that see or like couples that seem like they might have been earmarked for romance at a certain point yeah and just finding out about that exactly do a little bit of digging there for better or for worse i will be paying close attention to the magic bean situation which doesn't come up for a while but you know how mad the beans make me (laughs) it's infuriating do you know how many times they say oh yes the last magic bean it's too many times for them all to be the last magic bean (laughs) exactly i just want to figure out how many times as a plot point, we have said, oh, there is none left. I think that's an excellent quest. <laughs> Thank you. And, and the other thing that I really need to shed some light on and give some attention to is the lovely Emma Swan and her superpower. You know, the one that she mentions right off the bat and says that she can tell when anyone is lying. Yeah, I think that thing is broken and is only there for plot purposes. So I'm going to be figuring out... Just how it works. How many times does it fail? When does it succeed? We're going to have a batting average by the end of this. Oh, we will. And then last but not least, perhaps the most important, how many dark curses are there? And we're not talking sleeping curses or tiny. No, no, no. This is town-wide curses because there seems to be a lot of them. Like we hear the words dark curse and final curse. Yeah, a a lot. A lot, a lot. So we'll... We'll, we'll be uh, going episode through episode trying to get to the bottom of all of those and more. Welcome to a bad time. Oh, man. Make, get, your, get your beverage. What, what are you drinking? Uh, I just have a nice little beer here. Just a lager. And you've got... Nice. I think this is the last of the seltzers that you left in my fridge. I think this might be the last one. There might still be one more. Listen, I think it's important to note that all of the seltzers I left were grapefruit. No, no, there were two lone raspberries, which I don't know if you intentionally left. I didn't not, I, t- I took what I wanted <laughs> and was like, eh, okay. I don't particularly, like the raspberries I'll drink, but eh. the grapefruit needs to stay behind. Yeah. I hate the grapefruit. Thankfully, I like grapefruit. This is why, this is the real reason why we're friends. So our, our seltzers are compatible. Whatever I don't like, I give to you. And whatever you don't like, gets carted down to see you. 
Exactly. So, so what's happening this week that's making you drink a beer? What? First week of school prep! <laughs> yeah. I'm excited to, you know, get back into the swing of things, but getting prepped for everything is a lot of work. So, uh-huh. we're just... That, that's a well-earned beer. Having, having, having a beer. Uh, and what is, what's going on with you? What's going on with me? Well, I made the poor choice of not giving myself any, like, downtime this week. Uh, so I think this is just my body. Like, I'm, I'm using this as my downtime, which is not a good thing. We're, we're recording a podcast. My brain is like, oh, no, no. We're shutting down. So this is going to get really interesting. I can't wait. It's always interesting. Nice faces get swirly. That's the best place to be. And if it weren't a Wednesday, I would be... Uh, if I'd we be weren't there. recording a podcast. <laughs> I mean, no, 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 no. Let's be clear. Next time we're in person and get to record together, that will happen. Can't wait. Yeah. So should we jump on it? Oh, let's do it. Get your drink. Get your snacks. Get, get comfy. Your, get ready to wine. Wine and once. So starting out, let's just take a little peek at the Disney Plus summary. Mostly because I, it's just very interesting what they choose to focus on. They definitely um, seem focused on some very strange parts of the episode. So this very first episode, which of course is the first episode, if you are a new viewer, you're going to click on. Um, and so we're trying to sell the show. It says, Emma's life is turns upside down when she is visited by Henry, the 10-year-old child she long ago gave up for adoption brings henry back to his foster mother in a strange town called sorry foster yeah yeah foster i hate that that's incorrect um regina did adopt henry but um uh-huh. uh, in a strange town called storybrook and uh, as you might have noticed you mention a fairy tales there missing some things couple and i oh. recognize this thing needs to be short but um sure we did kind of leave out i don't know half the episode yeah, just a hair. Yeah. Just a bit. So, Interesting. Uh, well, that's absolutely not helpful at all to know what happens in the show. So how about you take us through? Okay, perfect. So yeah, I will go through the full recap. So we we understand not everyone wants to watch this show. Sometimes we don't even want to watch this show. So we've watched it for you and we'll let you know everything that has happened and will happen. This is a spoiler-free zone, so... Buckle up. It is not a spoiler-free zone. I That's can't fine. talk. You've got a lot of reading. This is not a spoiler-free no, zone. That no, that is really important to know. We talk about everything, and we and we will mention yes. things with hindsight. So this that means this is spoiler-free or uh, not spoiler-free for the entire show. There it is. By all means, feel free to watch the episodes before and come back, or. If you're like me and a lot of the times don't particularly care about getting spoiled, feel free to just listen. We will take you through the whole episode and so you'll know what's going on. It will be a bumpy ride. It's not going to be great. So, season one, episode one, title, Pilot. The episode starts with the black screen and a lot of text. Like Star Wars, but less visually pleasing. Uh, And explaining the Enchanted Forest, a place where all the characters that we know, or think we know, live. Uh, One day they were all trapped in a world with no happy endings. Our world, and really that's just the most accurate thing I've ever heard. Our world does not have any happy endings. Welcome to 2021. (laughs) I hate it here. So first things first, we cut to Charming, riding in a majestic red cape and a dashing steed. And what is probably the most charming-esque moment you will ever see. He makes it to a large clearing covered in, you guessed it, snow. Eh. And he demands the seven dwarves <laughs> open the casket, despite the fact that they assure him it's too late, she's dead, move on. But death means nothing to a charming, and he insists on kissing her as a way to say goodbye. We do not kink shame in the Enchanted Forest, so the dwarves just let oh. this happen. So immediately, oh. <laughs> we don't kink shame. We just we let, don't. We, just <laughs> we can look a little side-eyes, though. That's fair. That yeah. So they kiss, and immediately a wave of magic, true love kiss energy sweeps outward, and the woman, who we now know as Snow White, awakens. And then Charming says about the most iconic Charmingism that we will grow to hate, I will always find you. So many times. So many. And apparently this is a, it's upsetting. We almost need to keep track of how many times, but we would get to three million. Like, yeah. Too many times. There's not enough paper in the world. No. So apparently this is a very long kiss, because as the camera pulls back, it's their wedding day. 
Ah, so there's, you know, the cheering, the well wishes, and an assortment of truly heinous wardrobe choices. Well, I I just need to pause. I need to pause here, and we're going to come back to this. Please do. But why does Heron Wardrobe hate Jennifer Goodwin? What did she do? I don't know. It, there has to be a reason. Other people are not great, but her look is especially bad. Yeah. Anyway, continue. So, you know, it's a wedding, and then... Oh no, the evil queen bursts through the room in a very Maleficent-esque moment. So she ruins the wedding day and she informs the Charmings that she has a gift for them as well. Again, very Maleficent of her. So she she makes this vow that soon everything that everyone in their world loves will be ripped away from them. And her victory will arise from their suffering. So she promises to destroy their happiness if it's the last thing she does. Beautiful. And, you know, she swoops her cape and and goes to make her exit. Does some bad green screen walking. Oh, it's really bad. But at least she knows how to use her cape really well. And she does love to use a cape. So she goes to walk out the doors. But before she completely leaves, Charming, being ever so stealthy and sure of his choices, yells, Hey! And grabs his sword and flings it at her, just yeets it across the room. Shocking no one, the loud hey alerted her to what was happening. And she escapes before he tries to kill her. Special muffin. Probably don't yell hey if you're trying to go for the stealth move. You know, he just wanted to see her face one last time. I'm trying to come up with a reason and it's just, it's not there. It's not there. My favorite is they keep coming back to the scene as like a, an iconic moment. It just makes Charming look so, so pretty. He's so pretty. He's, <laughs> he is really pretty. <laughs> so that's where we leave the Enchanted Forest. So now we fast forward to the real world. So we see a little boy is reading a storybook on a bus uh, going to Boston. Then he pays for a taxi with a credit card that is clearly not his and no one finds this odd. Just let the child hop in the cab. Come on, kiddo. Why not? Nothing to worry about there. Uh, we move over to a very fancy restaurant. A guy named Ryan is on a blind date with a blonde woman. I will go more into this later, but the blonde woman is Emma, and she will never be more iconic than she is in this one scene. So She is pretty awesome. It's a beautiful moment. But yeah, so she sits down at this table, introduces herself, and reveals it's her birthday. But that she has no family, so she's spending her birthday with him, a complete stranger. She then drops the facade of a blind date and reveals to him that she knows that he embezzled money from his company and left his wife and children. Surprise! She's a bail bonds person. <laughs> Ryan, being of sound mind, flips the table and starts running. Emma, she saunters after him. She is in no rush. She's unbothered. She's actually just annoyed that he spilled wine on her dress, honestly. Which is fair. It looks like that a is fair. fairly pricey dress. Seriously, which is interesting considering what we know about her background and how, by all accounts, she should not be very wealthy. True. Girls work. Girl boss. Uh-huh. Yeah, she's 28 and she has more money than I have and I'm almost 30. <laughs> oh, I hate this. So, you know, she she barely is walking at a snail's pace, still meets up with Ryan before he's able to get away because she put a boot on his car, so he's not going anywhere. We're never going to see her this badass again. Like, she just calls him out, tells Ryan to give any money he's got to his family, and he asks, oh, what do you know about family? And she stares at him and says nothing and knocks his head against the steering wheel. Beautiful. It is. It's a good moment for her. I mean, such a such a truly 2011 feminist moment. Like, I don't know that 2021, that would be how we would be showing it, but that is the 2011 version of, like, this chick is badass. Yes. So. It's, it's so good. But the badassery stops almost immediately. She goes home and lights one <laughs> sad, lonely candle on one sad, lonely cupcake. Self a cake like any re- self-respecting adult would do. Get a full cake. Get a cheesecake. You cake. have grown-up money. You have grown-up money. Get yourself a grown-up cake. Get yourself a bottle of wine and a full cheesecake. And you eat both and feel bad about yourself. But know that you made that adult choice anyway. Damn adult. <laughs> Exactly. Have some respect, Emma. Come on. Learn to self-loathe a little better. Truly. But yeah, she she blows the candle out and then suddenly there's a knock on the door. And it's the boy from earlier, Henry. And he knows her by name and also reveals that he's her son and that she gave him up for adoption. All this really upsetting stuff that no small child should know about a perfectly good stranger. Naturally, Emma leaves the child alone to run to the bathroom and process, which fair. Totally fair. Who among us has not run to a bathroom just to be alone and process? Ah, but she comes out and the little monster has gone into her fridge and is drinking the juice out of the bottle. And that just tells you a lot about Henry as a person. Oh my god. (laughs) He has gone into this strange woman's refrigerator. 
he has uh-huh. emerged with a carton, uh, no, a bottle, but he has emerged with the bottle of orange juice. It's also unlabeled. It could be a, it could be like a pre-made mimosa. From- it could be a mimosa. I would not judge a girl for having just some mimosas set aside and ready to go. But also, he drinks it from the but and like, oh, she has to throw it all away now. Disgusting. You put your grimy little mouth on it. Henry is a menace to society. I don't. I Listen, I know it's not fair. I know he is 10 years old and he is a child. No, no. I no, don't no, no. like Henry. I think he's just, he's not written in a way that's super likable a lot of the time. Yeah. They, don't do, they don't give him a lot of stuff that makes him particularly likable. They, I feel like they kind of lean a lot on the fact that at 10, Jared Gilmore was very cute. Like, he was just a cute kid. He was. I'll give him that. Yeah. A little sticky-outy ears. And then, you know, they never stopped leaning on that fact, except he got older and um, became not... Teenage boy? Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, please continue now that... I have properly processed that deeply upsetting That's bottle fair. drinking. It's not good. So anyway, um, the little monster has the audacity to ask Emma to take him back to his hometown with her. And she says, absolutely not. I'm going to call the police. There. And so he bullies her and says, I'll just say you kidnapped me. Emma gets kind of close to him and, and I level with him and says, you know what? I've got a superpower. I can tell when people are lying and you're lying. And so Henry's just like, oh, Fair enough. He just accepts this at face value. I feel like I just would like to physically insert that gif of Thor. Like, is it though? <laughs> because truly, is it a superpower? It's not. It's, it's not. not. We. I think we've talked about it, but it gets worse. Yeah. Like there's like a full season where it's not even mentioned, and then suddenly it's my superpower. Since when, ma'am? Since when? Ma'am, this is Wendy's. <laughs> It's a lot. It is. So Henry's like, fine, fair enough. You have the superpower. I just need you to go back to Storybrooke. So then, because Whiplash is fun, we're going to go right back to the Enchanted Forest where Snow is processing everything that happened at the wedding. And she's been contemplating for a long time because she's now pregnant. Of course, moving warp speed through this relationship. We really are. You know, their kiss, their, their coffin kiss led to the wedding and now contemplation leads to pregnancy. That's what Catholic school taught me. <laughs> uh, so yeah, she's standing in the window contemplating her own mortality, I have to assume, after what her stepmother vowed. Fair enough. So Charming tries to comfort her and says, you know, they're only words, don't worry about it. Snow quickly quips back the queen poisoned her because she thought that Snow was prettier than her and boldly requests to go see him, which we don't know who him is. We just know it's a prisoner that can see the future. Fair. The very vague request that she is making that she says, you know, this will make me feel better. Husband, we got to go do this. Your pregnant wife asks to see a clairvoyant. I guess you go do it. That's fair. That's what you do. So back to our two real world heroes. Emma and Henry are driving and Henry continues to be a monster and is asking about snacks and trying to make this, you know, a fun road trip. And he pulls out his storybook and starts flipping through the pages. And he insists, you know, everything in this is true. And Emma says, LOL, no, it's not. And he stares at her. This child stares at her and says, use your superpower. And she looks at him and her eyes widen like, he's telling the truth. But then she, you know, has an adult thought and realizes, ah, just because you believe something is true doesn't make it factually correct. And Henry says, no, no, that's exactly what makes things real. And that he has problems that Emma is going to fix for him. I just want to point out, um, things are true. Whether or not you believe them. Um, uh-huh. And. Listen to science. We love science. Science is great. That's all I'm going to say. Science is great. Listen to scientists. Thank you. Hooray. So back in the Enchanted Forest, the Charmings have arrived to see him. who We've now learned is Rumpelstiltskin. Or I should say Rumpelstiltskin. Oh, little lip trill. It's so good. I remember Carlisle is having more fun than anyone on this show. Except for maybe Lana Puria. But they maybe. are the only two who seem to like truly enjoy themselves oh absolutely pretty much the entire run oh 10 out of 10 yes so the the charmings approach the cell and rumpelstiltskin is literally hanging from the ceiling which is never a good (laughs) sign like a little monkey he like uncurled (laughs) it's wonderful we've seen this episode at least a dozen times and i've never noticed that i've never noticed that he just like uncurls from the ceiling first of all i feel like the jailer would be like hey cut that out 
But also, the jail's pretty useless because he can, like, shove half his body through it anyhow. So what do they care? Like, maybe he'll fall and get impaled on a spike or something. I mean, it would make things a lot easier. True. So the Charmings, you know, are being all discreet. They have their faces covered and are wearing cloaks so that no one knows who they are. And Rumpelstiltskin's like, nah, I know who you are. That's a pointless gimmick. You know, no use disguising yourself. That's just as bad as wearing baseball hats and sunglasses in Marvel films. Like, everyone knows who you are. You're not hiding yourself. I am. Mm -hmm. Stephen. Uh-huh. We love him, though. Um, do. Also, I just want to point out, he can see the future. He knows you're here. He knows you're <laughs> coming. The literal reason that <laughs> they're going to see him is for his ability to see into the future. But we still got to protect our identities just in case he's not that good at telling the future, I Stephen. guess. The Charmings share <laughs> one brain cell? Yes. They- Later, they will share one heart. Now they share one brain cell. <laughs> Fuck, I hate you. That's terrible. I'm delighted. <laughs> oh, oh no. But yeah, no shock. The man who can tell the future is like, yeah, it's you. And, you know, I can tell you what's going to happen, but it's going to cost you. Because with Rumpelstiltskin, everything comes with a price. Sure. So Prince Charming immediately refuses because he does not trust Rumpel at all, which he should not. But Snow insists and asks what the price is. Rumpelstiltskin asks for the name of their child, and Snow agrees without any consultation with her husband. No hesitation. She's like, absolutely, yes, I'll give you whatever you need. Uh Good parenting. But Rumpelstiltskin tells them that they will all be imprisoned somewhere horrible where everything they love will be ripped from them. And so Snow obviously says, oh my god, what, like, what are we supposed to do then? And so Rumpel reveals that her unborn child is their only hope. Uh, if they can get this child to safety, they will be saved. On this child's 28th birthday, she will find them, and the final battle will begin, which is a very ominous prophecy to make. Anything involving the words final battle. Not good. No. Don't like that. But Snow and Charming walk away, content with this information, but Rumple calls after them angrily, demanding the name of the baby as promised. And Charming, in a moment of genius, is like, oh, we should just lie. He has the brain cell. Well, it's true. He does have the one brain cell. So he's like, you know, we'll just not do that so he turns around and says it's a son like fuck off i'm not gonna answer rumple is persistent because he can tell the future and knows it's a girl but not enough to know the name of the daughter excellent point <laughs> yeah they're like any caveat in there that like the name has to be willfully given or something right even no like they didn't even have a, a lame attempt at like oh i don't know it unless you say it Dairy. Nope. Yeah. He's just not very good at telling the future, I guess. You know what? That's fair. <laughs> the evidence all does point to this. It does. But Snow, even though she sees her husband, you know, trying to protect their child, decides it's a good idea just to say, yeah, our daughter's name is Emma. And then they keep it as Emma. They don't decide to change the name to, like, Sarah or any other this name. This is a Mother Gothel situation. Tell the girl her it birthday is. is one day different. Give her a completely made-up birthday. You can change things. It's a baby. It is. They're not sold on their name, yet they don't know what a name is. They're still in your <laughs> womb. So Emma and Henry finally arrive in Storybrooke, and the town clock is frozen. Henry says it's because the evil queen cursed the town, and time has been stopped. Her? So they get out of the car. They immediately run into Archie Hopper, the world's worst therapist. I have so much to say about Archie Hopper. I know you and do. I'm vibrating with, like, the intensity of how angry I am. It's, it's, it's terrible, but good news. He has a dog named Pongo. I do love Pongo. <laughs> goes great. <laughs> so Archie in front of this complete stranger that he's never met reveals that Henry missed his session and that tells Emma that Henry is the mayor's kid. And then he goes on with his evening walk with Pongo because he doesn't have time to worry about a child. Henry turns to Emma and goes, oh, you know, Archie is Jiminy Cricket, but doesn't know it because no one in the town knows who they are. And Emma just goes along with this because what else are you supposed to do? Yeah, I guess. So, again, more whiplash. Back to the forest. With the news gleaned from the jail cell, Prince Charming meets with the council and insists that they need to fight. They need to save their kingdom. And Jiminy Cricket, who we just learned was actually Archie in Storybrooke, warns that fighting would mean giving into one's dark side. So remember, kids, to be good, you just have to take whatever crap is thrown at you. Excellent life lesson, right? Good life lessons from once upon a time. I think this is important and Phil, you should write it down. Yes. Absolutely write this down. Side it. Maybe you get a tattoo of it even. You don't want to forget this. I went on a retreat when I was in high school and it was like this week-long retreat and the the leaders had all had to give a talk kind of like explaining their life and like what the moral of their lessons were. And like it was a great retreat actually of sure. all the things I remember about 
a very interesting high school. That was one of my true favorite experiences. But every time you they spoke that you were supposed to have your notebook out and oh, whenever they were about to say something that they thought was like that you needed to write down because it was important, mm-hmm. they would say, I feel this imp- is important and think you should write it down. I love it. And now when that's my punctuation for anything feels like it's important. <laughs> You're going to want to write this down. Write it down. I, I feel like you yeah, should. So remember, just to be good, don't fight ever. Nope. Not ever. Never. Turn the other cheek, you know? Great advice from once upon a time. Live in the dream. Uh, so, you know, Archie or Jiminy Cricket throws down this wisdom and Snow, full of doom and gloom, says there's nothing they can do because the future is ordained. And then Charming is like, no, we literally just learned that our daughter is going to save us. Remember, like, ten minutes ago. So... We can do things. So it's not great. Again, she does not have the brain cell right now. So enter the blue fairy, a.k.a. the true villain of this show. Oh, she is evil. She is pure evil. There's not enough evidence at this point in time, but just you're going to want to write that. I feel this is important and think you should write it down. The blue fairy is evil. And once you start seeing it, you notice it everywhere. She is a shady bitch. She really is. She does not move her feet. I don't trust. (gasps) Move your feet when you fly. Move your feet when you fly. It's, it's upsetting. I mean, she also looks like a jellyfish, it's, so it could just be she's upset about that. Why why does costuming <laughs> the blue fairy do? She's evil. They, they, they're trying to tell us early on, hey, this there's something here and it's not good. There's something going on. So what does the blue fairy have to say? She arrives with her squad of soldiers bearing a giant tree and says, hey, this tree can be used to ward off any curse. Seems like a thing we should have known a long time ago, but convenient. Uh, so she asks Geppetto, our good wood carving friend, if he can assist in the work, and he agrees. But the blue fairy warns that the tree can only protect one. Just one. And that is a lie. That is a straight up lie. I feel this is important and think you should write it down. For another, It'll come up in another episode, but this is just not factual information. Nope. Not nope. at all. She says one. Mm-hmm. She says one. Yep. So back mm-hmm. to Storybrooke. Henry does not want to go home because his adopted mother is evil and pretends to love him, according to the 10-year-old. But Emma takes him home anyway, and Regina Mills, Henry's mom, emerges from the house and hugs him. How evil of her the audacity. And, you know, Graham the sheriff is there stepdaddying the child. Yeah, what is he? Like, I know he's there because Henry is He's there because he's fucking the mayor. (laughs) Call it what it is. I was trying to I was trying to give him the benefit of the doubt, but no no. Also, I feel it's important and think you should write it down. Um Graham, the sheriff, Sheriff Graham is played by Jamie Dornan, who was Christian Grey in the films of Fifty Shades of Grey. I've seen none of these movies, but um and read none of these movies. No, none. It does not stop us from making jokes of any time there's anything mildly sexual about his presence. That is fair. And it's often. Very often. For as little as he's in the show, there's a lot. Truly. So Henry runs inside, right? Graham's all like, I'll put him to bed. It's fine. I'll go check on him. Her stepdad. Exactly. And Regina invites Emma in for apple cider, but she says, no, no, I would like something stronger. Same. Uh, There. I also would like uh something stronger. Uh Right now. Yes, please. So the women, they talk about Henry and the adoption. We get confirmation this is not a foster mother situation it is an adoption a closed adoption at that emma assures regina she has nothing to worry about she's not here to step on toes she just was dropping henry off and so you know they have this nice heart-to-heart moment um and then emma mentions well you know maybe he thinks you're evil because of the fairy tale thing and regina denies knowing anything about it but presses emma to leave which she does and on her way out of town because she decides you know what i'm getting the hell out of here place is weird. She swerves her car to avoid a rogue wolf that appears out of nowhere and crashes into the town sign. Oh no. Oh no. Back to the enchanted forest. Of course. We can't stay in one spot. <laughs> this one's a lot, guys. Like, I promise this is an expository episode. So much exposition. I think we should all take a moment and just appreciate the fact that Dia's in charge of reading this episode. It's worth it. No, I think we should all take a moment to drink, is what I think. <gasps> yeah, everybody everybody, take a sip of whatever it is. Hydrate. If you're drinking water, have an adult beverage, have a soda, take a drink. All right. Okay, we're all more hydrated. Uh, so, yes. 
Geppetto and his son Pinocchio are hard at work doing their thing because child labor is fun. The magic wardrobe is coming together. Sure. Back in their chambers, Snow insists that she simply cannot leave Charming. You know, I don't want to leave you. But her husband reminds her that 28 years is nothing next to an eternity of love. Sir, you probably won't live over 50, 28 years is in fact your lifespan. I don't know what to tell you. I think your wife is correct uh, here. It's it's a lot. You know, they come in for a sweet embrace and Snow realizes the baby is coming right then and there and what me- must be the speediest labor ever. Uh, and on the battlements, the dwarves are standing guard and notice that purple and green smoke is approaching, which as Disney has taught us, those are the universal colors of evil. The curse is upon them. So Grumpy sounds the alarm. Meanwhile, in Storybrooke, Emma wakes up in a jail cell. Great medical attention, guys. She's crashed into a sign. She is knocked unconscious and wakes up in a jail cell. Right, like, did we not check her for... No, we don't do that here. (laughs) Nope. I don't know. Check anything? No. Broken bones? No. Nope. No, no. She crashed into a sign and therefore must have been drunk and therefore we must put her in jail. Exactly. You know what this tells me? What does it tell you? We haven't built our hospital set yet. (laughs) You know, it it was the pilot. You know, what do we expect from them? That's true. You don't want to build a hospital set until you have to build a hospital set. This is true. So, you know, Emma wakes up and Leroy is still next to her being all grumpy because he is in fact grumpy. And Marco, who's actually Geppetto, tells him not to give her grief and then overshares a lot about how he and his wife always wanted a child but can never have one. And it's a lot. It's a lot. You know how you trauma dump on a stranger? Listen, that's, that happens a lot in this show. Truly. All right, so Sheriff Graham comes in to let Leroy out and suggests that Emma was drunk driving. Regina shows up and is surprised to see Emma. And oh no, Henry's missing again. Seriously, we need to get this kid a leash. And Emma offers to help find him. And for whatever reason, they're like, sure, fair enough. You're his mother that we don't want to be here. Why don't you help us? Uh, so, yes, naturally, they go to Henry's bedroom where Emma finds evidence on his computer that Henry made a charge to whoisyourmama.com. Which sounds like a very different website <laughs> there we are to believe that it is a like dna website or a family tree of some they're, they're, what they're telling us it is and what it sounds like are very different things it's not good i feel like if he had typed something wrong in he would have ended up on a very different site oh yeah Oh, yeah. It's not great. No. But they find out he not only went on this website, but he used his teacher's credit card. (laughs) Why not? Why not? So off Emma and Regina go to Henry's school to talk to Mary Margaret Blanchard, a.k.a. Snow White. Side note, they're building birdhouses and she's got a bird in the classroom. Why is the bird uncaged in the classroom? Also, it's a wild bird. She releases it. I've got nothing. They're... There are no rules. There is no logic. I'm upset. We're one episode in and they're already just like, eh, fuck it. <laughs> I don't know. There's a bird. It, exactly. Why not? I hate it. Mary Margaret claims that she knew nothing and Henry stole her credit card. And she reveals that she gave Henry the storybook, which angers Regina. She storms off and like knocks a bunch of binders off. So Emma goes to help and they have a very deep conversation about the fundamental issues of loneliness that a child of adoption faces. This is all Mary Margaret just like... So inappropriate. So awful. Then she kind of looks over at Emma and goes, oh my gosh, I didn't mean it like that. Well, you did. I don't know what to tell you, but you did mean it like that. No, you clearly, very clearly meant it Uh like that. Then Mary Margaret says, you know what? I bet Henry's at his castle. You should go check there. Yeah. He has a castle. Yes. I I want nothing more than a Julie Andrews moment inserted into the show. And that is the one moment I would put it. Oh, absolutely. Because what the fuck? He has a castle? Why not? This kid is already so goddamn weird. He is so goddamn weird (laughs) and annoying. Let's see. So in the Enchanted Forest, back to this nonsense. Thanks to poor timing, Snow is literally about to birth out a child in the wardrobe is only now completed. So they did not have a project manager on that situation. Um, very quickly, I just would like to point out... Mm -hmm. Why why aren't we putting her near the wardrobe while they're working on it? You know, if you know that the baby is coming mm-hmm. and you know that the wardrobe is almost ready. Sure. Why would you not put her near the wardrobe so that the second the wardrobe is ready, she can stumble her in labor butt into 
the wardrobe, I recognize that that is a terrible, awful thing to do to a woman in labor. But clearly that was the plan all along, so... Right? Like, clearly that was the situation, because we've agreed one person, one person can go in the wardrobe. I ha- I'm going to need to earmark that, because I do need to come back to the, to the, to, to the Geppetto side of things. That's fair. In another there's, there's a lot to unpack there. Yeah. So, you know, the wardrobe is done, and Charming's like, fantastic, let's get this show on the road. And Doc says, oh no, too late, baby's coming, she's got to stay here. So we then cut over to the to the forest where the evil queen and her regime of knights are riding towards the castle. And there's no purpose for this shot other than look at Regina. She's fabulous. She's on her way. Look at her go. And thank you for that. Exactly. No notes. 10 out of 10. <laughs> so Snow gives birth to a girl and it seems she and Charming forget about the impending doom to share several sweet moments. They then suddenly remember, oh, right. There's a curse in the fact that, oh no, the wardrobe can only hold one person. And now there are two people where there was once one. They they hear the guards and... Oh no. <laughs> Math, guys. Someone should have thought this through. Just a thought. They hear the guards invade the castle and Charming is convinced it's too late. But Snow, never one to accept defeat, except for all the times that she has accepted defeat, <laughs> insists that Charming take the newborn baby and send the infant off in the wardrobe alone and hope that she will indeed one day come back for them. She says goodbye to baby and husband in a very tearful farewell. So Charming is already nailing fatherhood 101 as he carries the infant and sword fights his way through guards to get to the wardrobe. We didn't put the baby near the wardrobe. No, never. Uh, He's an absolute mess, but manages to keep the baby nice and clean and blood free. Good work, buddy. He places Emma in the wardrobe. The guards show up and they thrust open the wardrobe. And just as Charming is about to lose consciousness, he sees that his daughter has indeed escaped to safety and is no longer in the wardrobe. Back to Henry and his castle, Emma finds Henry at a rundown playground. The castle, allegedly. Henry admits that he thought bringing her to Storybrooke would mean the final battle would begin and the curse would be broken. Emma then proceeds to trauma dump on the poor kid. Her life is so much worse than his because her parents just left her on the side of the road. You know, and the, a trauma jump on a child. She literally says, I had it worse than you. And starts crying to him. And says, you know, I only wanted you to have your best chance. And Henry swears she was sent through the wardrobe and ended up on the road. Emma obviously doesn't believe him because that's banana pants. So now Snow White finds Prince Charming and she's, you know, basically crawling because she just had a baby and life's hard. She finds him practically dead on the ground and does what any well-adjusted human would do and kisses him on the lips. Again, we don't kink shame, especially not when it comes to the Charmings. The evil queen enters and says that in a few minutes, Snow White will remember nothing. She's won. Ha ha ha, I did it. But then the queen's knights tell her, hey, the baby's gone. And Snow White smiles and says, you're going to lose. Good will always win. But Regina doesn't seem too bothered. The evil queen just laughs as the roof shatters and a vast vortex sucks everything up in a cloud of magic and shattered glass. The queen announces that they're going to somewhere absolutely horrible where the only happy ending will be hers. Emma and Henry go back to Regina's and Emma has a weird little monologue about wishing not to be alone on her birthday. Then voila, there was Henry. And Reggie Baby rightfully reminds Emma that she asked for a closed adoption and that she has no right to be here and leave town or be destroyed, which is a weird way to get someone to leave. That That is yeah. not an appropriate way to get someone to leave. They're, that no. raises suspicions. Yeah. So Emma blurts out a question and asks, hey, do you love him? And Regina says yes and goes inside. Emma clearly does not believe her. What a great superpower she has. Mm-hmm. We see Mary Margaret volunteering at the hospital. Where does she find all this time? And she puts a flower on the bedside table of John Doe, a man in a coma. We know later his name is David. Right now it's just John Doe. It's also charming. Oh my gosh. he's an- Also, I, I just want to point out, and thank you to whoever wrote the wiki for pointing it out. Um, the walls of his room are glass, like the coffin. <laughs> And it's so dumb. It's so dumb, but also, like, kudos. That's actually kind of clever. Whatever. Oh, so again, Credit you know, where credit is due, I guess. It's a nice little, like, oh, see, it's funny because he's also trapped inside a glass <laughs> box. <laughs> it's <laughs> fun because... Symbolism. The charm, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, you know, even though Emma claims that she was going to leave, she doesn't. 
she gets a room at Granny's bed and breakfast. And Ruby and Granny are just like, what? Oh my gosh, we have a guest. And they're just immediately wonderful characters. I have no notes for either of them. I have one note, and that is that I would like them to launch into be our guest. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) But the Descendants version. That's the only version that exists. I don't know what you're talking about. So Emma checks in, and then suddenly a strange man appears behind her as she rents out her room. Granny hands him a wad of cash, and this man comments on Emma's lovely name and leaves. Granny explains that that's Mr. Gold and that he owns the entire town. Mr. Gold is also Rumbled Stiltskin. Great, he's the here too. Everyone's here. It's a party. So Emma gets her key and goes in to find her room. And at that exact moment, the clock ticks. And Henry sees this with his Terminator vision because he's all the way in his bedroom. And the clock is dead center of town. How he sees the clock move? Beyond me. But hey, it happened. And that's the first episode. Oh, well done. Oh my god, I swear the episodes aren't not usually that not, timing-wise they're that long. Um summary-wise, summary-wise, I don't think it's ever been like five pages. And to be fair to the episode, they have to do a lot. They have a high concept to explain to us. They have a lot of characters to get us familiar with. So, they've got a lot to do. Well, and Adam Horowitz and Edward Kitsis, they they do a lot of high concept. I, I feel like the first episode of Lost is very similar is what I'm getting at. Like, a lot happens in the episode, and then, like, one big thing will happen in each episode. That's like, wow, what's that? Yeah, that's fair. I just, it's a lot. It is. And usually these episodes, yeah, like you said, there'll be, like, one or two, like, really big moments, mm. and everything else is filler a lot of the time so but yeah i guess for a pilot you have to pack it all in but my god my god take a drink because i've gotten to sit back and relax so it's um, happening like this like my my entire drink is still here like we're gonna see how quickly i can drink (laughs) this it'll be fun for everyone oh it'll be super fun so first of all i would like to bring up one point Uh uh-huh and we i've already mentioned it but why does hair and makeup just hate Jennifer Goodwin? What she do on set that that she seems like a lovely person. Does so I'm confused. You know who else thought she was a lovely person? Josh Dallas. Shut up. No. You guys ever think about the fact <laughs> re- that they met on set and fell in love on set and left their respective partners on set and then are now married with many children? I think about it a lot. You know what? You know. Fine. Um. It's a little better when we get to Storybrooke, sure. but that's because we've got Jennifer Goodwin's actual hair involved. Yeah, there's no, like, poodle updo situation. Like, we'll, we'll post a picture no. of this, like, it's not her first look. It's a wedding look. It's not great. I mean, none of her looks are awesome, but the wedding look in particular is, I mean, peak 2011 Oof. with the feathers. I still want to do feather. I never fell on the feathering trend in college, and I kind of regret it. I know, I wish I had gotten my hair feathered. And then the hair is what really throws me. Like, except for the wedding dress, her nightgown outfitty things are fine. Yeah. They're they're fine. They're kind of just there. But in her first scene, clearly we were having issues fighting with our wig. Sure. In the in the wedding scene, I don't know what died on her head. But something died on her head. We should be concerned. I am concerned. And then the thing that, like, really upsets me is the scene where they are um, contemplating the future. Mm. And, like, getting ready to go see Rumpelstiltskin. I think visually they were trying to give us some, like, through line by keeping her dress similar. And keeping her hair kind of similar. Because it looks like her wedding hair but like someone (laughs) has like really dug in with their finger the charming which we don't kink shame no i'm not kink shaming the charmings they can have all the sex they want but here's my problem because that hair looks like it's meant to be her hair from the wedding fallen down kind of sure it's got the flowers it's real messy for something that's on television um, if it's meant to be, like, styled at all. But it, it looks like it's her wedding hair. 
but she's like five, six months pregnant. Oh no, like it, it's a weird transition. It's like her coffin dress with her wedding hair. Yeah. I don't, it's a bizarre it, I choice. don't like it. And I just, everyone else in the episode, like Charming's not great, but everybody else seems to be outfitted pretty yeah. well. Everybody else, all of the other women aside from the Blue Fairy look awesome. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely agreed. So what, when you think of Snow, then what is the like iconic look that comes to mind? Because it's certainly not the stupid oh. wedding outfit, but like there are some decent moments. So what one is the look Definitely for you? Bandit Snow. Okay, yeah. I think Bandit Snow. They, if we're if we're if we're picking one. It's so good. Which is weird to me that yeah. like the Disney Plus banner is a purple dress. I swear to God, I've never seen her wear. Like, does she maybe in like one of the ball scenes? Maybe that we pop into every once in a while but i don't know there's a lot of them there are okay so what about regina oh okay like i i a lot of choices there hers is the exception where it might be her like entry outfit for me that is the one that comes it's the lace headpiece it's it's the lace headpiece it's such a good one i think because they call it back a lot she does wear a lot of like headpieces and high ponies exactly i think it's so fun to watch regina's outfits in particular I, I don't quote me on this but there was an article i was reading where lana priya talked about how she really did work with costuming or actually i think you were the one telling me about it i, I don't remember but i know what article you're talking about somebody told yeah, someone she worked really closely to try to like show through her atti- her attire how like deranged regina was in that moment which yeah that's how every piece should be telling the story like, that's how it should be done i don't know what snow's attire what story that's telling Something died on my head. <laughs> Please get it off. Terrible story. It's no, it's not a good story. Nobody said it had to be a good story. But it's a story. I, it is a story. And I think the interesting thing is so for Emma, the obvious iconic look is the red jacket, but it's not my favorite look for her. My favorite look for her is a look we will never see again. It's her first scene. She is so cool she in is that first scene. So cool. And she. Never is that cool or, like, sure of herself and confident again. No. It's like Storybrooke is bad for her. It is. It is. And she she should leave. She has confidence. One, She has, like, I don't know. There's something about her. Like, it's the curls. I have a whole theory on this. I'll get into it another episode. Her curls are where her personality exists. I think you're probably right. Also, you know, I do have a... Okay. I'm... I'm f- percolating a theory on Storybrooke being bad because I can think of one other time where she does seem to be kind of put together. Season three, episode one, when she lives in what's its fuck it and she's fucking a monkey? Listen, she doesn't know she's fucking a monkey. We're still calling that moment a moment where she's like headstrong and badass when she's screwing a monkey? She's clearly happier than she ever is in Storybrooke. And actually that's... And she punches... Oh, can she does, that's face. Great. I love that moment for her. Uh, also, Henry is less annoying in that episode, too. He's, yeah. like, playing video games, being a normal child, I guess. Yeah, so maybe Storybook is just a bad place to it be. It is. It's the bad place. <laughs> oh, my God. It's the bad <gasps> Wow. Amazing. Headcanon accepted. No. So you, you were mentioning Archie earlier. Yeah. I feel like there's more, there's more here for you. <sighs> okay. First of all... I do need to be angry because he is Dr. Hopper. Mm-hmm. He's Jiminy Cricket. Right? What? Why not like Dr. Cricket? I don't know. Or like Dr. Jiminy. Or what? I don't know. I don't, where is this Dr. Hopper shit coming from? I mean, I think it's because he looks like a grasshopper. No, but he's a cricket. I know, but he looks like a grasshopper. I don't like that. that I, I feel like that was one of the instances where Regina just was like, heh <laughs> I'm so funny. I, I think that was right. what she enjoyed most about this Christmas sitting there being like, okay, your job will be this and your name will be that. That's fair. We've got Ruby for red. Mm-hmm. Granny just stays granny. I think she got to the end of the list and was just like, I don't I don't care. This is too much work. Wanda would understand from the WandaVision. I was watching a, I guess technically it was like a video essay of someone saying how, I've already made this comparison how WandaVision and Once are just the same concept and I mean they kind of are they kind of definitely are WandaVision uh Once Upon a Time crawled (laughs) 
once upon a time crawled so WandaVision could fly. You know, the whole premise is spoilers, I guess, for WandaVision. She watched a lot of sitcoms and shows growing up. I'm not convinced that it wasn't like an alternate universe, you know, multiverse. Why not? Where once upon a time already existed and she saw it and was like, interesting idea. And kept that in the back of her brain for trauma one day. Fair. It's totally fair. I mean, by the time the hex occurs, once upon a time would have occurred. That is true. You know, that's true. I hate that. Um, but Archie. Um, Archibald. If, if we must, we must. And we must. Must we, we? We decided to do this, so I think we have to. Like, this was our... We're doing this to yeah, ourselves. But he makes me so mad. So, Archibald. Archibald Cricket. He's a therapist, correct? Uh-huh. Correct. He, he's a therapist. One of the things that therapists aren't supposed to do is reveal to strangers that um they're treating you what no so number one our very first little jaunt with archie and he's breaking the rules how very jiminy of him (laughs) and then this strange woman appears with your patient like minorly question but and then is like oh yeah he lives at this address and isn't like what are you doing with this child? No no questions. No no thoughts head empty. It's so ridiculous the number of things he has he does that are just like so wildly unethical. It's not great. And this is coming from the conscience. Yeah. He's the conscience. He's he's literally supposed to be a conscience. And he's, he's not, not a very good one. And you know what? That is true to the source material if we're going off of that disney film exactly so i will say more about archibald eugenia hopper but his full name is beautiful (laughs) it won't be the same next week (laughs) but um yeah it's almost like he got his phd from a curse or something weird funny how that works uh while, while you're good and angry uh how do you feel about this classroom that mary margaret's running why bird in it what are you teaching what is her job well you see she and miss frizzle got together and said okay frizzle you can only teach science and i'm only gonna teach bird houses i will only (laughs) teach bird houses i there seems to be so many different aged kids in the room which is fine except then that does seem to imply that this is more of a middle school situation Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which henry is kind of old enough to possibly be getting into, like, a cord-out classroom where, like, one teacher will teach certain subjects to all the students and another teacher will teach the others. But it's... uh, That's confusing to me because we do seem to agree that Mary Margaret is the only teacher. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, And Henry is the only teacher. I swear, there's like some tiny kiddos in that class. We just weren't paying attention to the extras. We just wanted the children. It reminds me of, I'm only, I only know this because Twilight is now on Netflix, so I have no life. But in the volleyball scene, there's just straight up like a small child running through the background. <laughs> because why not? I feel like that's what we have here. It's just like, oh, you brought, it's, I mean, kid to work days next week. But yeah, sure, we'll find a spot for them. Um, yeah, so I just... There's a lot you can do with birdhouses. Yeah. Absolutely. Sure. Um, but she seems to be giving a lecture on why birds are good and should be free. It's a metaphor. Birds are good. Write this. You're going to want, I think this is something you're going to want to write. Now. You know what? This Snow, so unlike, unlike my mother, <laughs> believes in birds. Mama Poppins so. is my here. I call I call Lowe's mom Mama Poppins. Um, it's a long story. Uh, it has stuck forever now, and that will just be what she's known as until I die. Oh, absolutely! And um, she's an she's a character in and of herself. And um, one day we were sitting at the beach, and she doesn't particularly care for birds; they kind of scare her. But she just looks up, and there's a seagull flying overhead. She shoes it. Which it wasn't bothering us, but she had to shoo it away. Sure. And um, I looked at her and was like, "What are you? What? What's going on? What's? What's happening here?" And she looks at me. She looks at me dead in the eyes. She just goes, "I don't believe in birds, and I don't know what it means. I'm still confused." Several years later. 
I mean, there's some conviction to that. Like, I am afraid for the birds. Like, are they are they going to stop existing because of her sheer dislike? It's possible. I don't I, put anything past her. Um. Well, I mean, according they, to Henry, believing something's what makes it true. So, not believing in something makes it not not true. True. Damn. Right. So. Well, all right. Yeah. All right. Well, before we before we close, yeah. I just would really like to take a moment and marinate in charming and his brilliant move of yelling hey my before just chucking a sword (laughs) i i love charming a lot he is one of my favorite characters because of the stuff he does such as that just the i will not be thinking this through no i will not be taking questions i already did the thing you know it's fair he'd do well at driving in la he would where you kind of just have to make decisions and allow everyone to live with them Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. He, he's a special muffin. He is. I do love so, him. Uh, yeah. Yeah. What a bonk. Like, this is a tame episode, and it's still bonkers. Truly. Really, truly really bonkers. Oh, man. Okay. All right. So what have we been, re- what has revealed itself to his family tree? What do we get? What do we got? So we know now, I feel, I feel very much like one of those Bible verses that yes. just go through the lineage. This is the gen- yes, this is like the, the genesis after the whole creation stuff. Uh, we know that Snow and Charming beget Emma. Oh, no. And an unknown man beget Henry. Oh, no. And Henry has been adopted by Regina, yes. who we know to be the evil queen. Sure. And we know the evil queen to be... I hate this already. To be we don't technically know. That is true. Oh god, this is gonna get so messy. Oh my we god. We do not know that Snow and Regina are no. particularly related, but say less. It's not even it's not even a spoiler because it's in like it, you know the story of Snow White, you know the evil queen is her stepmom. Um, yeah. yeah, and that's all we got so far. It will wow. get messy. It's going to get rough. But I feel like by default right now, our fuck fern isn't doing too bad either. Well, as right now, we only have Snow and Charming. That's not even messy. That's just like, fair enough, proceed. Yeah, I, I mean, that's within the bonds of matrimony and wow. everything. They're so good. Such a family show. <laughs> <laughs> that's my favorite thing about this show, really quick. It was Sunday, 8 p.m. It was primetime family television. Right. Like, I don't think it was ever marketed as like bring your four-year-old but it was it wasn't before free form this was just straight up abc 8 p.m on a sunday yeah like certainly an interesting choice mm-hmm. anyhow bring us up to speed on oh. the tallies yeah so magic beans easy enough we got none right now none beans haven't Love heard, that. haven't even heard of them yet what is a magic bean i don't know her I don't I, want to know her. No, they make things complicated. Ah, uh, let's see. We have the lie list. So far, she that Emma is batting 50-50. She has one fail, one success. The the fail, we'll start with the success, actually. We'll give her some credit. Uh, opening scene with Henry. She goes, if you call the cops, I'll say you kidnapped me. And she's like, no, you won't. She calls him out on his bluff immediately. Then she fails at the end of the episode when she says, hey, Regina, do you love him? And Regina says, yes. And Emma takes that information and goes, well, I can't leave. I don't trust her. Yeah, it feels like by all the rules, because we know that uh, Regina loves Henry. Mm-hmm. Whether or not that's a good, healthy love, she does love him. Yes. So technically that should not flag anything. No. And yet here we are. And yet here we are. So she's a solid one for one. Good on her. And that leads us to dark curses. We just have one so far. Nothing too messy. We have simple. the Dark Curse. Simple times. It will never be this simple again. Dark Curse 1.0. Love oh, Dark Park Curse God. 1.0. Uh, this one was a lot, guys. I I, I guarantee none of the other episodes are ever... Like, not even as we get into, like, the penultimate episodes. And It's no- so true. Nothing is going to happen, like, in this episode. This was just an hour of exposition. <laughs> There's your final thought. <laughs> Can I get off the ride? <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. How about you? What? Where is this I leaving mean, you? I still remember watching this episode and being so invested. Oh my god! And there is some magic still immediately left there of the interest of trying to figure out who was who. I mean, not so much in this episode because we're pretty spoon fed who is everybody as we mm. have to be, but as we go forward, 
getting characters in the town and meeting these people and trying to figure out who they might have been was super fun. Um, and it was so like, fun. I mean, I will say for an hour of just straight exposition, that was literally all we did. It was fun. Mm-hmm. It like was it's, fun. It go, it's a quick hour. It, it goes very quickly. No, Absolutely. I mean, it's technically not an hour, but it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's a full 60 minute episode. If you factor in yeah. where commercial breaks would have been. So exactly. I just remember loving the show and it, kind of makes me sad in a way to rewatch these ep- like first two seasons it's, a, it's because, like a nostalgia that we know is going to go away like, yeah it will never be good well and i just remember how much promise was there and like how mm-hmm. much how engaged i was we both were with the story and you know what was so going good. on and so like it's really fun to watch because these are like fun episodes i don't I, as annoyed as I get at some of these little details, there's not a lot to, like, really get angry at. And then no. we're going to hit Neverland. Oh, Neverland. Absolutely not. I don't Absolutely not. want to think about that. And after that, it's like, oh, okay. Some, something's gone wrong. Something's gone wrong. Hey, we have Star oh. Wars now. Oh, yeah. It does start in a good space. And actually, like, if you did watch the show when it was airing, I'm curious, but I'll, I'll make a We'll post something on our our social. Try and like remember like what where were you when you watched the first episode? Like what was that experience like? We'll we'll post ours as well. But yeah. like, do you remember loving it or being like not sure? What what was that first and episode if you like? Didn't watch. Why did you start watching? Yeah. Why are you here? Why are you also like in general? Like who are who are what you? This? <laughs> um. All of our socials will be posted in the description on yes. the podcast. Yes, we are working on finalizing those. Um, Absolutely. Oh, my God. This has been a really bad time. This has been terrible, but I have good news. What? It can only go up from here. Thank God. This is, <laughs> this is ground zero. This, I mean, it, the week can only go up from here. The show, absolutely no, ab- not. No, no, no. This, the show, in fact, will just go down from here. It'll peak, like, in certain points, like, the, like what we mentioned Cora. earlier. Cora. Super fun. But no, the week, we're, that's why we're here. We want to make sure that your week is good. We start it in a bad place so that it goes up. You're welcome. So on that note, have a wonderful week, hopefully. Yes. And we we'll see. will see you next week. We'll see you then. Bye, Bye. everyone.